I think it's really easy for drivers, for alphas, male and female, um, to uh, to continue to pursue greatness in their life. But then when things had when when things uh, don't turn out how they expected, how they planned, because they, we all want to work control freaks in a sense. We want to be able to control. We we've worked tremendously hard for for one thing. We pursued it. Um, I, I think that we have a tendency sometimes to um, to not be able to forgive ourselves for not accomplishing that goal. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host, Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram and settle in for some low-key conversations on high performance living. Let's jump in. For those of you that are hanging out with us today, I want you to meet an unbelievable man. This is Mr. Josh Kalinowski. Josh is a former Major League Baseball starting pitcher for the Colorado Rockies turned serial entrepreneur and CEO of, I think, five companies. He's also a sought-after coach and speaker uh, for industries including real estate, finance, and even nonprofit sectors. Um, Josh has got an unbelievable background. He's quite the human being. Him and I have had a great connection since we met. But all of that is not why I actually brought Josh on with me today. I brought Josh here to share with us how his spirituality, how his faith helped him through the hardest moments of his life, how that was even happening for him, or did his faith actually use him to go through those hardest moments of his life for his newfound purpose and what he does? I think that's going to be an important part for us to unpack together. So. We're going to get into it in a minute, but Josh, you and I, brother, I want to I want to dive into this whiskey. I want to crack open this bottle of Whistle Pig Small Batch Rye, 10-year-old. So whenever you're ready, we can go ahead and pour a glass. He's uh, introducing right. me to this bourbon myself for the first time. So for those of you hanging out yeah. with us, make sure you pour yourself a glass. There it is. And yeah, if you're, I, I, I even had to unravel it, man. So let me uh, <laughs> take my time here. This is fresh. It's fresh, baby. It's fresh. You know what? Might, might as well have a great fresh experience together. And for those of you that are, in fact, hanging out with us, I want you to be aware of that you have an opportunity to win a premium bottle of whiskey with a rocks glass set and a chance to be a guest on the show with me as well. So stay tuned because I'm going to provide you the uh, details on how that's possible later on in the conversation. But like I said, here we are. Josh and I are going to enjoy this. Whistle Pig is the name of this bourbon. It's uh, You and I were chatting prior to even, even starting this conversation that this is an old Vermont dairy farm turned into a world-class distillery. And uh, Whistle Pig is a very popular brand of, of bourbon whiskey, and you and I are going to drink this neat, which means... No introduction of any elements like water or ice. So we're getting the full body to experience or for those that are lay with this whole world of spirit drinking, it's basically straight from the bottle. So without further ado, brother, Slancha, as we say in Gaelic, cheers to your health. Slancha, brother. Awesome. Ooh, that's smooth. Wow. I got, you know what? I got to tell you, before you, you fire off what you're getting, instantly what hit me was the, um, it's almost like clove and allspice. Yeah, I don't know what you're getting. What What do you think about that flavor? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that the, as I was smelling it, I was really smelling actually a little bit of caramel. Like there was yeah. really a good caramel uh, sense to that. I mean, it uh, that aroma like really really good. There's no bite on it. Just absolutely just that really smooth. It is interesting though. It's amazing when you kind of jump from different types of bourbons. This is a very special one. 
Uh, you've had people recommend that to you. And then, of course, like I told you earlier, my buddy was really stoked that you, you're, you're forcing me, essentially, to drink the Whistle Pig with you because he's a big bourbon guy. But I got to tell you, being a Scotch whiskey guy myself, the differences in the way in which these whiskeys are produced is so stark. It's like yeah. they have their own unique. Yeah, I'm getting orange, orange and clove with a little bit of caramel on the nose. And then when I sip it, it's like I get a lot of allspice and a lot of clove. And then it's like this almost sweet oak that kind of lingers in the back of my palate. I don't know about you. That's kind of what I'm, I'm taking from it. Well, you are the expert in this, man. You know, you and I kind of talked about this. I'm a, yeah. I'm a wine connoisseur. So the way that you feel passionate about your whiskeys is the way that I feel about wine. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older and realized that, man, I, there's, there's certain areas in my life that I got to man up in and I got to do mm. a little bit better and more research in. <laughs> uh, the whiskey department is something that I've been trying, that I've been really unfolding a little bit more. So yeah. uh, it's been so timely that, you and I came across paths and did the opportunity to come in here. And I've heard great things about Whistle Pig. It's come highly recommended. And uh, to be able to start with really good stuff, I think really helps you with the appreciation for right. really what you're getting into. So I love that you said that. That's a key point for everybody that's hanging out that is not really big into the whiskey world, but you want to try it since you're listening to these conversations and we're trying different types of whiskeys on the show. He made a great point. Start out with finding a good moderate price point, but a really good suggested type of whiskey, whether it's Japanese, Irish whiskey, single malt scotch, blended scotch, even the bourbons that we're like Josh and I are drinking, and give your palate something to actually start expanding with. Because I have a friend of mine that's, that I gave him a little bit of uh, some red breast Irish whiskey, which is a really phenomenal pot stilled Irish whiskey. And his face, it was like he cringed the moment he tasted it because he's never had anybody educate him on yeah. how to nose it how to taste it so that your body can really have an experience and change the way you relate to these things. So I think it's fantastic that you said that brother. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, you know what you, you suggested it the other day when we were talking, I'm happy we did. So yes. again, here's to you. Um, I think it's fantastic that we're exploring such a, uh, almost historic type of bourbon. You know, people talk about it constantly. When you hear bourbon drinkers, they say whistle pig. It's always a whistle pig. You got to do it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, again, have, have at it, people. I mean, pay attention to what you're experiencing. If you're drinking something other than whiskey, great. As long as you learn how to have an experience with your spirit, it'll change the way you relate to it. And you might yeah, find absolutely. yourself not drinking so much at the end of the day. But, uh, right. yeah. I just want to, I want to add to that. I think that really, I, I love what you're doing here. One is, I think, obviously, it's always great to get educated into, um, I, and, and to be multicultural mm -hmm. on the things that, uh, that you appreciate in life, right? Yeah. Um, but it's such a great conversation piece, you know. Uh, I can't tell you how much. And once again, I'm really just getting into uh, to whiskeys and bourbons. But I do keep around good bottles of whiskey because I know that those that do drink it, they appreciate that. They appreciate mm. the fact that um, that I am selective in what we're gonna we're gonna have available for them and the stories around them. And then they start to help. They start to help me understand exactly why they appreciate this one or why this is such a good bottle. Because I see this on the flip side when I, you know, when I do go to people's houses and once again, as a, as a wine, I wouldn't say wine, wine connoisseur, but yeah. I would say I most certainly appreciate mine and I know the good ones compared to what the other ones are. But when somebody has a very cheap bottle of wine, I don't even want to drink it. Right. I'd rather just, I'd rather have something else. And so it, yep. it really is so much like that with a whiskey too, so where you know that if you go over to somebody's house and they've got a good bottle, you just know that they appreciate your friendship 
and uh, the fact that uh, they kind of honor that relationship. So I love it, Josh. I love how this is starting because you're making key points for people to, to also recognize, which is great, is that having these having this type of you know premium you know uh, whiskeys with you, if you will, or, or whatever your poison might be, as we call it, it's not about the actual spirit. It's about what that spirit represents when it comes to your relationships, how you can kick back like you and I are right now, what people are hanging out listening. They're, they're probably pouring themselves something and wanting to know what is it we're going to talk about, but that's the beautiful part about it is it, it creates this community-like vibe together where you can enjoy something really good, something fine, have, have a conversation about it. It's very subjective, so everybody can have their own unique experience, and then that just opens up the door for what you and I are about to jump into, which is a very casual, low-key conversation, but that provides real value instead of it just being a superficial hangout experience where we're talking about the latest social media posts, drinking, you know, basic level type stuff and getting just getting drunk. We're here really changing the game when it comes to the experiences we're having, which is why I decided to even do this show is bringing together my love for high performance living with great guests, unbelievable people like you, but also my love for these types of whiskey so that people can learn how to have unbelievably different conversations together when they're hanging out just like we are. So, um, I'm looking forward. Let's let's dive in here because I think it's a great segue. And then going back to that point is, um, you know, how you used your how did you use your faith when it came to the I would say uh, the hardest moment of your life, or did your faith use you to drive you away from that and into a new purpose and a new passion for yourself? I think that's a big, yeah. big contrast that I want to unpack with you, brother. So let's dive in there. Yeah, super good question there. You know. Um, you know, I, you know, kind of just kind of go back on this, you know, when, when, when the, when the game was over, yeah. uh, when, when life, uh, you know, um, when life threw me the curveball <laughs> right. first time in my life, uh, so to speak, total pun intended on that. As I say that, of course, uh, you know, I, I, a couple of things that I had to do. One is, one is I, I had to lean on my faith or what faith I had at that time. Um, but to be honest with you, so much of it is I really had to discover my faith. I had to really discover it. Oh. And, and then I had to figure out how to take ownership of it. I see. And, um, I, and, and, you know, I think it's really easy for, I think it's really easy for drivers, for alphas, male and female, um, to, uh, to continue to pursue greatness in their life. But then when things had, when, when things, uh, don't turn out how they expected, how they plan, because they, we all want to, we're control freaks in a sense. We want to be able to right. control. We, right. We've worked tremendously hard for, for one thing. We pursued it. Um, I, I think that we have a tendency sometimes to, um, to not be able to forgive ourselves for not accomplishing that goal. Right. Because right. we, because we don't want the perception of other people to know that we failed at something because that's not what we're known for. We're known for accomplishments. We're known for pursuit. We're known for raising the bar and excellence and all of, all of these things. And I, it, to, for me, what ended up happening was, one, it was the disappointment, of course, that that no longer was going to be my future, that I was no longer going to be pursuing that dream, that purpose, uh, why I was created. But, That's hard, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and we see this, obviously, as yourself, as an athlete, uh, as your, uh, personally, and then, of course, obviously, as a... Uh, uh, as a veteran, you had a mission. You knew exactly what the execution was going to be. You were prepared for, um, you were prepared for the unknown as well. But when, but when the mission's over, what do you do? Yeah. And how do you find fulfillment in that? And how do you find your purpose? Because you know what your purpose was, and you were damn good at it. Right. 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 Like 
excellent at it. And there was a reason why you continue to elevate yourself at that. That's great. And I, and I want to poke into this because you said something a moment ago that I found to be very significant and they, it's very wise to have that kind of, of, of thought process where you said, I had to find my faith through the hardest time of my life, through the hardest, hardest moment when I lost my dream, you found faith because you recognize, I think, you know, you can add to this is you attached yourself again, being an A personality, an athlete, et cetera. Those, I mean, there's an element of your makeup. It's your essence. And I hear people say to me all the time, like, I think, you know, Navy SEALs, they can turn it on and off. They're, I'm like, no, that's just who they are. They're built that way. They, there's no turning it on or off. They just know how to manage and control it really well when they're not in a combat situation. And then they, they quote, turn it on when they are, but to the, to the lay person, they don't see it that way. So with you, you discovered more about faith and understanding that there's something bigger driving me in this direction. Instead of seeing that loss of that dream as something that's not good for you, you decided to do something with it because here's the kicker. Many people go through those experiences where they have a dream that they're attached to and it crumbles and they go down the rabbit hole. As I know, you know, I work with many people that are uh, from different faiths, different backgrounds, from, from Buddhism to Christian to Catholic to it, they're just spiritual, you know, people in general. And they all have this unique experience where when things are good, thank you, God. But when things are bad, where's their faith? They don't have it there with them. And it doesn't, there's no connection to the, I was talking to someone earlier about how even in the, in the dark times, there's so much more value in those moments. There is, yeah. there's God or whatever you want to call it working for you in those dark moments. But for you, Josh, you were like, I recognized it. This sucked, but something pulled you into that faith that drove you towards a new purpose. And that's what I, I definitely want to hear more about when it comes to what you're doing now. Sure. You bet. Well, let's just say this is, you know, so much of what we're talking about is just the self-discovery, the work that we put into ourselves, the clarity that we, that we're able to get to gather when we actually go out and do the work, right. And doing right. the work is really the internal side of it, of going and asking and hiring people that, uh, uh, that can help us, uh, unlayer those, that, that onion, right. Um, just going to retreats, go, uh, um, putting yourself with other like-minded people, uh, people that have been there, that's done that. And I think, the, the self-discovery that you get in that is because you've done the work, you've asked the questions, you've peeled back the onion. And I will tell you, just if, we, if we just fast forward through 13 years of uncertainty, 13 years of, uh, of, of no mission, 13 years of just trying to figure out who the heck I am, what I'm meant for. Uh, I know that I was meant for, like, I know that I was meant for greatness, but obviously that chapter closed. So what does that look like? And am I going to die average and uh, all of these things that we yeah, worry about? Right? Yeah. And I will tell you, I've had to put myself in a position where I was completely physically, mentally, and emotionally broken. Like I was just, I was done. It was 13 years later. I happened to, I went to this retreat. I'm, I remember this like it happened yesterday. I'm sitting on the beach. I'm surrounded by a bunch of guys. We'd gone through hell. Once again, physically, we'd gone through hell emotionally because we had to just really kind of unpack ourselves and figure out the things that we were challenged with and the disappointments that we've had and the things that we were carrying and then, of course, I was just physically exhausted because of lack of sleep and so forth. And I came to this point, and this was the most amazing thing that I've gone through. And I highly recommend people trying to figure out how they can put themselves in these situations. But I came face to face with my maker. I came to face to face with with the with 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 the God that I believe in. Yep. Yep. And what revealed itself was that for the longest time since I was since I had been out of the game. I felt like I is I was the one that screwed up. Oh, 
Like I, that I had somehow, because of my actions, because of the way that I lived my life, because of the things I didn't do, it was taken from me, right? Interesting, yeah. And and the question that came out to me, to, to me that I asked him was, why'd you take it away? Like, and this is nothing that had ever ever had been discovered and, you know, ne- never had come out. But, and part of it was just probably cause I didn't feel worthy enough to ask this question. Right. And I, it is just the most amazing thing while I do, uh, I'm sitting there, I'm having this conversation. I'm in this meditation, this meditation path. And then I get an answer, mm. which I have no, like, I, there's no, there's no reasoning that I should have gotten an answer. There's nothing that I had ever done that I ever believed that I should have had an answer. I got an answer. And he simply said, I didn't create you for baseball. I used baseball as an opportunity for you to do greater things in your life. Mm. And that was, the, that was the moment right there. That was the healing moment for me to know that I was not a mistake, yep. that I did not screw up my life, yep. that I was yep. not going to die average, and that I had a greater mission. Love it. And. I think it just goes back to this, and this is some one of the things I've just kind of dis- and I've discovered as well too, as I've been able to the fortunate opportunity to lead people, is that sometimes we need undeserved confidence. Sometimes we need undeserved confidence. We need people, such as yourself, to pour into us because we don't believe that we're worthy at that time. That time, right? We don't have the confidence within ourselves at that time. And I need to lean on somebody else that sees the potential in me before I see that potential. Right. Value. And that's a part of faith. Right? That's, you know what I love? And faith is so, it can be so dynamic and complex as well. And that, I think we get very myopic when it comes to, when you hear the word faith, it's instantly like, you know, how most people go God or right into some, you know, belief. And they don't recognize yeah. faith is so dynamic. It's so just robust. And there's so many different ways in which faith can operate in your life. And you said it very keenly a moment ago, Josh, it's like, why did you take it all away? And the answer you got, I love that you said meditation too. And here's another thing. I'm just going to, I'll digress here for a second, but you said, I'm in a meditation path and I've met people. I worked with the hedge fund years ago and I, with a small private wealth team, 10 guys on this hedge fund, this unbelievable multi-billion dollar hedge fund, their private wealth team was suffering. They were all on the verge of losing their jobs. And I remember one of the guys, when I talked about the high performance meditation model that I created to really uproot stress that is under the surface right there in a very specific way so that we can then process through it and eradicate it. His reaction was, I'm a man of faith. And I said, okay, how does that keep you from meditating? Meditation leads you down a dark path. And I said, I think what you're actually trying to say is meditation makes me see the darkness within me that I don't want to look at. And it was a huge perspective shift that changed everything for his ability to recognize how do I use my faith when things are dark, when things do not look like they're going my way, like Josh, like you you yourself. And you asked the question in meditation, why did you take that from me? It wasn't taken from you, which is the point of why I even asked you, did faith... Did you use faith to deal with your hardest time or did faith use you? And it seems like faith was literally using you to tell you, Josh, you're built this way so that you can be someone who leads others to do the same, to have a better life, to be, there's a deeper purpose. Baseball was an avenue and an experience for you to have. It wasn't who yeah. you are. Yeah. You, you made it to the, to the elite level of playing professional ball, which is where my dad wanted me to go. And I respect that. And I, I think anybody listening can respect that. 
the piece is that someone like you can take yourself out of it and go, you know what, I did this, but that's because I'm built to do great things. How do I parlay that now? Because my faith is telling me it's time to recognize this is not who I am. Who I am is purposeful, not what I do. And that's why you're successful. And now what you do, you're also the CEO of Manmade, which is a group of veterans and professional men and athletes to give them a no bullshit experience to really have a change in their lifestyle and who they are and how they operate, which is what you had to go through in your experience to discover. And I think that's a very huge point for people that are listening right now to pay attention to is sometimes when the darkest moments hit you, that's actually not darkness. That's actually truth. That's actually change. That's real transformation meant for you to embrace and whatever faith you have to understand that that's the moment to grab onto faith, not when things feel good or successful, when you're making millions of dollars or you've got the notoriety. It's when those big changes happening, what does it mean for you? And you found the meaning in it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. And it's that journey. And I think that you know, everybody has a story, you know, you've got a great story. You've got a great story of the things that you've gone through and what attracts you, what attracts you to other people is not all your victories. It's all the hardships that you've been able to overcome, right? How you were able to pursue greatness, despite the fact that you had to go through hardships. Right. Right. And that's, and that's what people want. People want hope. People want hope that they can get through these chapters in their lives. People want hope that they can go and, and and they can pursue greatness in their life, knowing that there's going to be challenges. And how do we how do, how do we do that? And right. so right. I think that's the thing that is so important, that is so valuable. And what you just said is, is that uh, we can take these setbacks, we can take these these challenges that we've been faced, whether they were um, they were put on us or that we put them on ourselves because of the decisions that we've made, but we learn to thrive through it and be great examples to other people. Well, that's the other thing, and I, you, yeah, absolutely, 100%, and I hope people hear that and take that to heart. I'm going to expand even further because it's okay to recognize that your greatness is going to be different than someone else's greatness. How you are built, completely different. The capacity that we all have, we're at different levels. Who we are is completely not the same as the person next to us. We have, unfortunately, this you know, the culture of, you know, copy and paste, you know, mimicking other people's successes and hoping we can, you know, achieve what they've achieved by trying to do what they have done. Some people are not meant to do the, you know, professional baseball workout or the Navy SEAL training or this, they're not meant to do that. And if we can give ourselves permission to recognize the right challenges rather than just trying to push through any challenge, that will then accentuate who we are, our own greatness, to be in the right lane that we're supposed to be in for whatever purpose our creator or the higher higher power has for us, whatever our own drive is and our own desires are. I think people tend to listen to shows and go to seminars and buy, you know, hey, you know, pay into coaching, hoping to mimic something because that person has created this specific level of greatness for themselves. And I've seen it time and time again. There are people that Shouldn't have been in combat arms in the military that I've run into over my my three tours overseas. Or when I played baseball competitively, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if you're going to make it in this sport, and that's okay. And beating ourselves up when we find that we're not maybe not meant for a very specific experience is the way in which we go down the wrong path, and why we end up you know blaming God for our problems or blaming other people rather than recognizing 
this was just a, signet, a, a signature moment for you to recognize this is not where your greatness is supposed to be channeled. Let's do it over here. And if you can pay attention to those elements, that's where you can show up and actually become that beacon for change for other people, that hope that you just talked about. Yeah. I, you know, when you were saying that, I just couldn't help but kind of laugh and smirk is that I think really, and, and you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see what your, your thoughts are on this. Yeah. Is, you know, don't you, I mean, it's, isn't it interesting? Um, what we're really talking about is an identity crisis <laughs> and, uh, and we, you know, and no pun intended, but we obviously right now are having this within our country. We have an identity crisis. We don't even know who we are. Right. You know, we can't even define, you know, what a woman is and what a man is in a sense, right? We, yeah. Like we're, we're losing, we're losing who we are. And when we lose who we are, we become a non-factor. We become an it, right? And uh, what what we're talking about is the fact that we have to figure out, first of all, we have to, we have to figure out who we are and we have to, and, and stop trying to be other people, right? I cannot, I cannot be Wiley. I can't, yeah. I can't be you as much as I admire you, as much as I love what you've done, as much as, uh, uh, you have, um, we can relate to things that we both done in our, yeah, absolutely. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, as you were talking, it was, uh, just this idea of like, we have an identity crisis just kind of stood out. To well, me. that, that, that is a big deal. It is people have lost their way. And when you hear, especially in the today's like hyper partisan landscape, we have that one going on too. And I, we won't go down that rabbit hole because that's sure. a whole new world. But yeah. when I hear people talk about whether or not they are, um, left, right, conservative, liberal, a lot of the times when you have deeper conversations like we're having right now, they don't really know what they're talking about. They don't know how to actually identify with the principles, values, and beliefs of said specific like ideals. And for me, it's like, why don't you find the balance of who you are first and figure out where, like for me, I have parts of me that are very conservative. Like I'm very conservative when it comes to, I don't talk about my personal relationships with my wife and everything like that. I'm very conservative with certain elements of who I am. But then there are other parts of me that is very liberal with certain things, the way and I operate. So I have found that it's not about finding these labels of identifying like I'm this or I'm that. It's about, right, this self identity crisis isn't about labels. It's about yeah. knowing truly who you are at the core facing down those truths that don't let you become the best version of that, and then staying in the lane that you are meant to go on and experiencing both the light and the dark of that path. And like you did, recognizing that clearly I'm hitting this roadblock for a reason. Let me see the value in what it is that I'm experiencing so I can stay connected to who I am, no matter what might be thrown my way. That's another big part of it too. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about virtues and values and understanding that Right. we're talking about, you know, the bigger picture of like who you are, what is that mission that you now have? Um, you know, kind of a quick story on that, uh, is, uh, you know, when, so when I, when I was playing, I had a very, very clear picture of who I was going to become. I absolutely. I knew what my career was going to look like. I knew that I wanted to, uh, retire as a hall of fame pitcher. I was yep. going to do the whole Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> tour of the stadiums, go around the car, you know, go around yep. in the car and wave the people. Yep. Uh, I was going to retire in San Diego on a golf course, oh. coach my boys. And, you know, I mean, I, I literally had, I had a mission board before I even knew what a mission board was. And it was all Love in it. my head. And, uh, you know, when that dream died, I felt like that, that, that also died as well too. And, and it was two years ago. I'm sitting up in Sheridan, Wyoming, which is, if you've never been to Sheridan, I highly recommend anybody get your butt up there, 
go up there, play a few rounds of at the Powderhorn. They've got polo grounds as well, too. Go to a polo game. It's just unbelievable. Great place. Be able to get some headspace. But I'm, I'm sitting there on the back patio drinking coffee one morning, and I'm overlooking, I'm looking the bighorns, and uh, I think we're on the, um, I think we're on like the 16th fairway. And uh, people tee off, and it's, I have this aha moment, and it's that, Everything that I felt that was important that I wanted to accomplish is it's happening. Wow. Okay. And I never would have made that connection. And so I guess the thing that I want to that really, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say on the bigger picture of this is Please. that even if the thing that you feel like you're pursuing is going to get you there and something else happens and you have to go down another path, the ultimate goal, the ultimate vision for what your life you can you can always, you can get there still. You get that there's that's not an impossibility for you as well too. Yeah, you know. Wow. And I got to experience that, dude. It was like the most realistic, unbelievable moment uh, that I've had. And, it, it, yeah, and I, I'm I'm getting excited about that because it, it takes me even back to when I talk about the story when people ask about my baseball time when I played for 13 years and. Why did I go away from it? And it was, I recognized that I was so hyper-focused on being perfect in that realm that I was expected to just perform a certain way. Not, it, it ended up being the, the difference between the love of the game and then the love uh, expectation of others. And you yes. said something that was very significant that just really, really turned me on is the idea that what you feel might or think might be the dream that you're, you know, you've, you've planned out for yourself is possible in other ways. If you allow yourself to be more fluid and open to uh, the, the things that are less expected, things that you don't really plan on happening, end up being the very things that you needed to experience like you did on that course. Peace, satisfaction, success, looking at life going, wait a minute, I am still I am still this alpha dog, this personality. I'm I'm an athlete in my own right in life. I have unbelievable purpose inside me that the world needs. I'm doing my work now. I'm actually be I'm the pro at what I'm supposed to do. Life gave me experiences to be battle ready for this. It's the same thing when I just said here is I had baseball, I had bull riding, and I had military. I never became those things. They were just experiences that built me to understand that I had a different purpose. I was built to erupt and eradicate stresses of high-powered people. That's what I do and have done for 14 years. And I uh, allowed myself to go, why am I depressed that I don't get to play baseball anymore? Why am I bummed that I can't stay in the military when I wanted to go to SFAS and become a Green Beret? Why isn't it that I, I'm in this position now where I'm on this path of self-mastery? Why, why am I getting angry at the fact that I'm not maximizing my potential over where I think I should be. Yeah. Instead, I just allowed myself to have faith in recognizing like you did, Josh, like everybody that's listening right now should do for themselves. Faith doesn't mean God or anything else. It means faith. It, and I, you know, there, there's something else going on, obviously behind the curtain, if you will, but faith really is just tapping in into trusting who you are, that identity piece, what yeah. you know you're capable of, no matter what you face, being willing to face challenges when they present themselves and, and giving yourself permission to not stay tied to one specific thing that then val you know, validates who you are, but you going out into the world and creating something that then gives you that satisfaction like Josh when he was on a golf course going, wow, I've accomplished what I thought I needed to do through baseball here. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. 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 
Wow. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Yeah, it's, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, I think one of the things I love what we're talking about here too is that uh, it hopefully it does give people hope that, you know, the challenges that they're facing right now, right, that they can work through that. They, you know, they, they can work through that. And, uh, uh, but they do have to do the work. That's, that, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's not, it's concepts nice first and foremost, but you've yeah. got to do the work. But that's the hard part too, is getting people to disassociate from being high, again, going back to baseball, we talk about being hyper-focused on one thing as that's what's going to be. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have goals. It doesn't mean you shouldn't dream and shouldn't have ideas for what you want. But as human beings, we have, we're, number one, we're, we're horrible at focusing. So when our focus gets thrown out of whack, we end up getting lost. We don't know really how to pull ourselves back. We cling to the ideas of hope. We cling to the ideas of faith, but there's a difference between clinging to it and actually embodying it. And when you can yes. embody it and recognize that life threw me a curveball, how do I swing? Am I ready for what's being thrown at me? Do I know how to respond to that curveball? And if you give yourself the permission to go, you know what, screw it. Let that thing fly by me for a second. Maybe the next pitch is something I'm going to hit. Yeah. Instead of trying to rush to hit that curveball, which is a lot of batters when they're first learning to starting out, they kind of screw up and they, they think that ball's coming in in a certain strike zone and they swing at it, they miss it, and they're like, why, am I keep, why do I keep missing these? Because they don't slow down and learn and understand that maybe, number one, maybe you shouldn't swing at that pitch. Maybe you should wait for the next one. Value the strike you just took. You're you're a pitcher, like well, I get it. You throw a strike, like as a batter too. You're like, wait, I need to value the strike because maybe the next pitch is gonna be something that he thinks he's gonna throw me that he's not prepared that I'm ready for. So you know, yeah. I, that's really great. I, what a what a what a wonderful segue into um, kind of really the next evolution of things yeah. is because as you you know as you um, become more confident in yourself and you start to put on these opportunities or put on uh, the opportunities to pursue things in yourself, right, and pursue things externally. We all, once again, in order to do go great, do great things, you actually have to go and do great things, right? Right. Um, and I think one of the frustrations that can sometimes happen is, is that okay, well, my mind's ready to go. I've got the plan, but I'm not succeeding because the plan's taking so much longer, and the doors that I thought were open are actually closing. And that's another aspect of. The, the patience and the things that you were talking about is allowing maybe that pitch to pass because it's only strike one. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and I can't tell you how many times that has happened where in my younger version of me was an opportunity passed. And I was so disappointed yep. because I thought that was the opportunity. Right. I thought that was the thing that was going to be the catapult. Why didn't I, I swing at it? Exactly. Why didn't I swing at it? Or why did I like, why did I miss it? Why yep. did I swing? And miss and it. Why did right. I miss it? Right. 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 And so once you have clarity, once you have that faith, that ultimate faith, not only, once again, as in yourself, but as a foundational piece in your life, knowing that, listen, I'm going to be in pursuit. And if that works, awesome. And I'm going to ride that and I'm going to freaking crush that as long as I possibly can. And then when that's done, then I'm going to continue to pursue the next thing. Right. Yeah. I can't tell you how many things have happened over the last year where I thought like, okay, this is a great opportunity. The door is open. This is going to be good. Let's put, we're going to go full forth, full force in it. And it just didn't work out. It wasn't the right mind. It's okay. right time. And guess what? Chalk it up to another experience to add to your belt. That's it. Exactly. And it did not set me back. I didn't have to sulk in it. I didn't yep. get frustrated. Yep. Everybody around me was getting frustrated. Oh, I thought that was a good thing. I thought that. And like, no. It's okay. And here, and here's the thing I'm going to add to that. This is something I talk about constantly in the philosophies that I do with the, the, you know, the, these 
uh, powerful leaders that I work with is it's all about creating a new set point for how you live life and operate. You took it as that does not throw me off of my new set point. You found value in expanding in your capacity to, to recognize what you're really meant to be doing with that leadership capability, that a personality, that desire, that drive, serving people in a different way rather than entertaining and doing something that's like, again, driven for your athleticism. The big part is a set point. People ask, what is a set point? What's the set point in which you operate at? And I had someone the other day, I was on a, a show and she says, I don't think anybody can sustain internal peace. And I told her, actually, that's a very limiting mindset because internal peace is sustained. It's possible. You can achieve internal peace and sustain it. It doesn't mean you're going to have bad days. It doesn't mean you're not going to be frustrated, angry, have rage. You're not going to go through the range of emotions. You're human. The work, even for me, I'm like, I have days where I'm like, you know what? I'm not in a good mood today. I get it. But that never throws me off my set point of always being internally at peace because I've been willing to embrace as life throws me curveballs. I understand. It's like, I'll let that one go by. I'm going to learn why that strike hit that thing that way. I'm going to listen to the sound of the pop of the, that catcher's glove. And I'm going to learn how to add that into more of what it is that I'm going to go do successfully over here. We get too many people get caught up and they watch that ball go by and they stay focused on that ball and they never turn back and look at the mound and go, I'm ready for the next one. They, they, it's, that's the, I think the, the default unfortunate mechanism of people and their limitation is they get caught up in when something like, why did I miss that? Because you're meant to go over here. Something else is going on over here. Why don't you have faith that the reason why you're going through a hard time right now is because you're about to go through an amazing time right over here that's going to accentuate who you are as a person. Yeah. yeah. Stoicism, right? That's, <laughs> that's an, <laughs> I have a firefighter buddy of mine who is a big, he studies stoicism and he's a big philo- yeah. philosophy guy and he talks about those guys all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what is, um, but that's, that, that's the thing with you, Josh, is you're, you're making a good point here too, is my life experiences, even though I th- felt that this was going to be my path, they were just experiences. They were designed to help make me more elite in who I am meant to become. And you and I talked about a priority even starting this this conversation where even in those elite uh, you know environments or those elite organizations, there are even more of the elite or you know the elite group that's within those. And you are are seeing it as how do I live as elite as possible for the mission that I'm on? What does it take for me to have faith? that I'm being driven towards the right direction rather than me trying to take control of the reins and drive it where I think it should go. The yeah. big, that's a big yeah. piece for you too. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that uh, what I, I look at the experiences <laughs> and what I've realized, and, and I think the thing that gives me peace is that yeah. uh, when I go through hardships, uh, what I'm hoping to come from that is that I have a greater appreciation for what other people are going through. I have a greater empathy for what people are going through because I maybe have done gone through that before or I have sympathy for them because I know that what they're going through I've done something relatively similar and so that we have a lot more relatability and common commonality right right um, so <clears throat> I think that that there's there's a tremendous amount of humility that uh, I've been able to achieve in my life because of those challenges and I've been able to uh, really take ownership of that hmm. I think when you say the the excellence or the elite part of it is, I just because I constantly am in pursuit of something else. And, and uh, yes, I am going to go through trials and, tra- and challenges, but it's that pursuit of excellence. It's that pursuit pursuit of um, 
not being not not uh, not experiencing atrophied in the areas of my life that'll mo- like, let's just be honest, a lot of men will allow to have happen. Yep. And and I just refuse to have atrophied in my life. I, right. I refuse to to live an average life. Wow. Which allows me to have humility. Yeah, absolutely. And pursuit of excellence. I think the other piece, I those are wise words. Let's let's chop that up too. Be- I had a conversation again. I have plenty of these, but my business partner and I were talking about it, how we are so connected to the mission, so connected to the crusade we're on, what we're meant to be doing, what God brought us into this world to do. I was born into this world as a demon slayer. It's just the nature of who I am. My my power, my essence, it erupts and brings truth to the surface, so we can do something with it to accentuate and optimize. And we laughed and we thought, you know what? We'd never focus on the material byproducts of what success brings us. We recognize that we are on a, a pursuit of always staying at the highest standards that we have for who we are as humans, for what we're, we're doing in, in, in this world and our purpose and our mission. And I think if people are listening to you, Josh, and they're listening to us talk about this is, can you change your perspective and get turned on by the pursuit itself and not by achieving the goal that comes from the pursuit. Yeah. yeah. That to me, that is much more freeing and satisfying than just the check that you get at the end of the day. For me, sure. I love the pursuit of it. I love doing my work and sharing and conversation and challenging and poking at people and giving them philosophies and really igniting polarizing transformation. Whatever happens as a byproduct is phenomenal, great, and I love sharing that with people too. If you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, can change your perspective and get turned on by the pursuit of excellence, having standards and caring about the mission you're on, having faith and hope that you're on the right path, and if things throw you a curveball, you know how to then basically reassess and realign yourself with that new direction, that level of piece, that set point we talked about will change for you. And you'll know what satisfaction feels like with your successes. You'll know what freedom is really supposed to look like. And achieving goals doesn't necessarily equate to those things. It's about the state of who you are while you're on that path of excellence. That's what I wanted to take from what you just said. I thought was very, very valuable for people to hear. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you said it very well. Sometimes I just go off, man, and I don't sometimes know what's yeah. coming out of me. It's just going to come. So yeah. thank you for reflecting. Yeah. So good. No, I, and once again, I, I think this is what's so great to have people that when, when you're sitting down and having conversations is that, um, one, it's, it's, it's very important for you to be able to articulate how you feel, Yeah. but it's also really great to get feedback and what you're actually conveying to other people. So I think what you said was just a great reflection in all of that. So fantastic. Thank you for, Which is thank why, you for saying that and articulating yeah. that in such a wonderful way. Absolutely. Well, that's why I, I started off even our conversation with poking at how faith worked for you because being yeah. the guy you are, what you've accomplished, I mean, you are someone to look at and go, wow, this guy, I mean, you've got, he's got an amazing podcast, by the way, JK Experience. You should check it out as well. Um, that's, you know, I was a guest on that as Amazon, well. Right? Yeah, we had a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, you're a CEO of many different companies. You are, you are just, but it seems like what you do doesn't dilute who you are. And that's another piece of it too, is people get very asymmetrically dis. I disassociated from who they are when their 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 focus is only on how do I scale and create monetary gain for myself and feel like I'm somebody, feel like I've succeeded rather than just being 
the success and the leader and the inspiration that they were probably meant to be at the level they were meant to play at. And that's a big part of like learning from what you're sharing today too, is how you've used faith, but faith also used you and it changed your way in which you relate to it so that you can now go out in the world and lead other men and even women in the same regard to do the same for themselves because we need more people that are in that kind of position that you're in that really knows how to tap into the well of human, human performance and potential the right way so that people can have hope and they can connect to even the darkest times when they're losing what they think is their dream like you did josh um it's not really losing anything it's just transformation showing itself sure yeah well i think there's got i gotta imagine that the people are listening to your podcast uh that the reason why they're attracted to this is because they've been in a position they've been in a situation where they want to level up in life yeah you know they, they they're not they're, they're, they're tired of being average or they don't want to be average and they haven't lived life that way but they're needing the next pursuit of of greatness in their life. Right. And so, yeah. um, how do know, we, how do we works. unleash someone who feels like they, they're average? How do we unleash their potential fully the right way so they can experience greatness in, in their own unique experience? Because again, someone who's listening to this might be a, a, a CEO of a small business. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to try to be Jeff Bezos tomorrow, but Correct. what you recognize is when you, un, you unleash who you are, by connecting to these principles and philosophies that Josh and I talked about today, that then creates this level of satisfaction in your life. Because satisfaction is equated to me personally as greatness. When you are satisfied, you are living as the greatest version of yourself. When you are at peace, you are living as the most optimal version of yourself. Anything else other than that is is unsatisfactory. And it's what's the point of success if all you're going to do is suffer alongside it. So it's a big part of, you know, this conversation, really giving people these wise words to chew on as they're sipping their whiskeys and going, you know what, how do I approach trials and tribulations? If I am a man of faith, a woman of faith, and I believe that God's got a, a purpose for me too, on top of giving me my own desire and free will to create my purpose. And I can create balance in that, that, that almost di the dichotomy, if you will, Maybe I need to recognize that when I'm facing dark times, there's so much value in this moment. That means that I'm maybe not meant to be here anymore. And I'm supposed to take these experiences and channel into something new because maybe there's a different purpose for me that people need right now. And if I get too staunchly caught up in what I think I should be doing, I'm never going to really know what I'm fully capable of achieving. No, yeah. I, so let's, let, let, oh, I guess maybe you can unpack that a little bit more. Sure. Is, um, you know, there's a great phrase out there that it's in the faith-based world is um, uh, that, uh, um, you know, God needs you in right now where you're at. And I think this is a, I think this is a challenge that I know that I was faced with and talking to a number of other, uh, you know, leaders and influencers is that uh, in, in organized religion, sometimes we have a tendency to um, kind of use God as the default. Yes, thank you. In yep. Things. Yep. And uh, so when things aren't happening, um, you know, well, you know, um, uh, you know, God, that's, that's where God wants you. That's where God wants you right there. That God wants you right there. Right. And it's just like, yeah, but that's not what I want. Right. I want to be so much farther. And, and once again, over the years, I've struggled with this concept. I've struggled with this, I this see. whole like, that's not what I want. And, and what you were kind of reflecting on is I think that is if we could just flip the script a little bit. Right. If we could just flip the script a little bit and just say, okay, so what if instead of what if instead of 
using the same language because if you're a man, if you're a person of faith, that's very important to you, right? Sure. But instead of just being wanted, what if you took the perspective that you were needed, mm. right? Like okay. you were needed right here in this moment because now you have purpose. When you're right. needed, right. you have purpose. You have mission. You know, I chased happiness for so long. And I think what ends up happening, what we've, I think what we're trying to discover here a little bit is that people are searching for happiness, but what they're truly looking for is peace. Yes, they they're are. looking for joy, yes. right? That's the missing piece yes. is yes. this joy in their life. And when we're searching for that happiness, it means that we're always looking for the next destination. And once again, in reflection of all of the things that we talked about today is that you have everything that is that you need around you right now. Now, are other opportunities going to come? Can other great things happen? Can sure. you get more Instagram followers? Can you put more money in the bank? Yeah, all of that stuff. Like, but like everything that you that you need to be joy filled, like you said, peace that you said before, you have around you right now at this moment, and you can live in that, dude. I love it, and I love it because you're right. Happiness is a state. It's a state that we can actually choose to be in. Yes. See, we have it backwards. We think we need to accumulate a certain amount of wealth, notoriety, success, relationships, whatever we, we, we have a, this mental goal towards, to then turn around and buy ourselves that happiness. Yes. And this is what I experienced with a lot of the public figures and celebrities and athletes that I've worked with in the past is that they've done that same thing. They've built their empires on the back of chaos and stress hoping that one day they can turn around and then parlay that into buying peace and satisfaction. And they never know actually how to get to the, that state of being because unfortunately they did it the wrong, the, I would say the wrong way. Yeah. But you're right. Human beings, we are dying inside to know what real internal peace is supposed to, to feel like, be like for us. And when you can give yourself that space to, re to recognize that peace is a state of being when you give yourself almost like the latitude to accept you have a desire. Yes. Have the desire, yeah. but also see that you're also needed and also see that there's also something else that's maybe planned for you. When you can create yeah. this trifecta that brings balance into your approach to life, yeah. then the byproducts don't become something that you're hounding yourself on. Like, I got to make more money. I got to do this. I have to have that. The byproducts of experiencing peace and satisfaction are then what stimulate su sustainable, successful growth in what you're doing. Then you are meeting your needs and you're also at the same time meeting your goals. And then you're also serving what you're, you're, you're meant to be doing out in the world. We get caught up in this pursuit. And you, here's my last thought. My brain's like going a thousand miles an hour because you said something really great. You said, we're always on this never ending quest for what's next and what's more. And when I talk about constantly when personal development and growth is that's because people have never been given the right environments to face the hardest parts of who they are so they can discover what really matters to them. And that is the peace that they're looking for. Because when you operate from a state of peace, what you're able to create from that place is exponential and unbelievably different than what it is if you were just to grind your ass off hoping to God that you're going to get somewhere where you're going to be rich, you're going to be wealthy and famous, and people are going to know you on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. It comes back to how well do I want to, do I want to be on a golf course, hanging out with Josh, hitting on the 16th fairway, looking at those, the big horn mountains, 
being a big Chris Ledoux fan than I am, knowing about Wyoming through his music, it's like, to me, that's satisfaction and peace. That I know I can get on a plane, I can go hang out, we can break some bread, we can play some golf, we can look at the the wild wilderness and go, you know what, I'm living my purpose, I'm satisfied because I am who I am supposed to be, and I'm not fighting against what I'm expected to be out in society. And that's a, oh, I I can go on, we're getting close to our time, brother, I'm sorry to say that, but I can go on for hours with you on this. I think it's yeah. such a huge element and really great wise words to leave people to, 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 to realize what is the contrast between what I'm expected to do and what it is that I really know that I'm meant to do. I think that's what you're unpacking here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, we, we talk a lot of times about living three-dimensional. <laughs> yep. You know, and unfortunately, as we know, we have so many people in our lives that are one-dimensional. And, uh, and we all unfortunately know that when you're one-dimensional – uh, you're just miss- missing out on so much of life. And well, so what's the opportunity that you have? And that's unfortunately the climate where, we, you know, people of generations have taught us. It's like, you know, compartmentalize yourself, stay hyper-focused on something that's considered uh, a, a safety net, if you will. My dad taught me, you know, it's, you know, if I wasn't going to play baseball, you know, you should get a job and get, you know, buy a house, have insurance, get married, you know, that sustainable, safe way of living your life. But when you feel like that's that doesn't make any sense for me, and 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 you recognize that society is teaching us how to limit ourselves rather than to maximize ourselves, yeah. it takes effort and it takes desire and it takes drive. That's that free will to bring yourself to break away from human norms of you know seeing the negative and everything and fearing you know change and looking at what real challenges are supposed to look like, giving yourself that push you know i hear uh, a lot of the navy seals that i know in my life and i've talked to they're like you know what when it sucks i like it jocko willing talks about it when it sucks i like it you know why because it's gonna make me better it's gonna make me stronger it's gonna make me happier it's gonna make me more fulfilled because i'm going to embrace the hardest moments have faith that i'm going through them for a reason and it's going to yeah. help me discover more of my identity and what i'm meant to be doing out in the world and i want to make sure that we finish with this point right here if you have any other thoughts on that because we are basically closing out on our time right now josh but any other any other wise words that you can throw at us based on what we just talked about well i think that once again uh, <laughs> it's it's the pursuit of of who you want to become right um you know one thing that's really helped me uh every single year since i started to do a lot of self-discovery um one is 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 uh always have a word of the year you know, what, what, what's your word of the year? What's the thing that you need to be working on? What's the thing that uh, inspires you? And, and my word for this year was pursue. Mm. Um, I was going to pursue all of these foundations in my life. I was going to pursue my faith. I was going to pursue my family, my fitness, my finance, my future, like all of these. Like I was going to be in pursuit of the life that I desired and the relationships right. that I wanted to build on. Got it. And how, and so do, you, that, how, do, you help, how do you help people, though, that hear you say that. And here's a big thing. You and I can rap on this too. It's, it's, it is easy to hear someone say, hey, choose a word that you're going to stick by for the year. And I had a former Wall Street client of mine who was all about his one word of the year. And I had to teach him how to learn how to surrender. And his biggest thing was surrendering because he was very much a head type, you know, managed a billion dollars in assets for a Fortune 100 company and became his own entrepreneur. And he was so stuck in that, that way of operating. I had to let, he did not know how to apply that concept truly yeah. integrate it into his life so that it actually did something for him. And you know how to do that with pursuit. You're a guy who's driven, who, who knows who he is and what he's meant to do. So you can take that word and you can then 
filter that into all of your actions. What would you say for people that are listening right now going, well, yeah, Josh, easy to say, brother, but I don't know what the hell that, what does a word mean for me and how the hell am I going to even apply that crap for my life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, well, I think there's two things and then I'll kind of go on just two different. You're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. One is that I think that you have to learn how to exercise your no muscle. Okay. Right. On a regular basis. Uh, and so it'll be amazing. One, so once you define what your word is, once you define what you want to be doing with that word. So once again, I'll just go back to pursue. Sure. I want to pursue these specific things in each of those areas of my life. And it's amazing what you'll end up seeing is how many times in the day that you have to say no to the distractions. Got it. Right. Okay. You have to say no to the things because it gets you off of line. But that pursuit. That you, really, that you want to, yeah, that you want to pursue, that you want to be committed to. Right. Right. So I want to say is develop your no muscle. Start saying no to the things in your life that you have to say yes to. Right now, as adults, once again, we get to say yes to everything that we that we possibly can. Like there's there's nobody overseeing us for the most part to tell hmm. us that we can't do it. Right. right. If I wanted to take the rest of the afternoon off, I could cancel all of my appointments. I could not go to the gym. I could make. I could just go. Like I could go to the bar as soon as we're done with this and spend the rest of the day there and just, Hey, sorry, I can't, I got to cancel, got to cancel, got to cancel, right? Exercise your no muscle and say no to the things that you hear in the head are telling yourself that you need to say no to. Yep. Right. So that you can start to say yes to the things you want to be committed to. Great. The last I, thing I'll say go ahead. Is, yeah. go ahead. No, no, please, please go ahead. I want to hear more because then I'll, then I'll share a thought. Go ahead, please. Well, and the only thing I was, the next thing I was going to say this is that, you know, if you really truly uh, want to live three dimensional, if you really truly want to live to, uh, the true potential that you have uh, to go and chase greatness. All of the things that you know, you and I have been talking about today is that um, I, I really truly believe that you have to do this. Um, I think you have to pay to play. I think you have to pay to play. Meaning that I think you have to pay the price yep. to play. Yep. I think you have to pay the price uh, uh, physically. So you have to show up to the events. Yep. You have to do the work. Um, I think you have to pay the price mentally. So you have to actually like think about where you want to go. You have to get clarity. You have to do the things that you're being asked to do. But I think you have to pay the financial costs as well too. Yeah. Um, surround yourself with those that will help you get to the level that you want to get to. Right. Um, because once what's probably happening right now, if you're not achieving the levels that you want to, if you're not accomplishing the things that you feel like you need to be, it's because you've not surrounded yourself with those that are either in pursuit of it or that have actually done it. Love it. And so pay to get access to people like that. Love it. Love it. A couple, man, there's so much I can unpack there. We have, I mean, we have a few more minutes and, and we can, let's dive into this real quick because that's a good, that's a good point. You, you know, it's, I hear it constantly, you know, you gotta, it's the pay to play, but you know what? Um, the investment in yourself, in the hard things is where real change actually shows up. It's easy to get lost in the, I call it the sugar high or the caffeine high of what, you know, personal development might entice people through marketing. But it's really about getting into like, you you know, you have your man-made experience with your, your mastermind, your group of guys. And from what I know about it is like, there, it's not a typical place where you just come stroke each other's egos and show and lay out each other's, you know, uh, you know, members on the table and say, who's bigger. It's really about a play. And I've met guys that do that. They, they run their masterminds that way. How much money are you making this year? What it, that doesn't matter. You're like, look, how do we become the best people so that what we are creating in the world is, is actually, you know, worthy of us talking about and is worthy of, of people knowing about. So it, it comes back to 
the investment in yourself comes from an emotional, mental, spiritual, energetic, and financial holistically. You've got to be willing to do that, but you've got to be willing to, to understand what, what places should I be investing my, my time, energy, and money in? Where should I yeah. be going? Do I get caught in the bright lights of something that sounds good, which is why I asked you about the concept of pursuit, and you laid it out so elegantly for us where when I say no to things, it keeps me on the track of pursuit. Yeah. It's a big deal. That's why I wanted to ask you, how do people apply that when they hear concept? It's easy to say transformation, growth, change, pursuit, what's your word? And everybody goes, yeah, that cool. And then they go back into their life and they've got all their demons playing out in their back of their mind. And they got all the crap going on around them and they don't know how to channel into what actually keeps them on the path to focus on that one word. So if your word is, you know, pursuit, your thing is I'm going to say no, because if I say no to the things, even though I might really want them, they might feel good to have them right now. If I say no to those things, I'm going to go experience the successes of my pursuit. I'm going to stay engaged in the word that I have. I'm going to invest in the right places that only uplift me and those that I support around me instead of wasting my time, energy, and money on things that just leave me feeling like I got to chase what's next. I got to figure out how to then apply these concepts. How do I learn how to... And that's why I think people get stuck when it comes to their own growth and their own faith in what they're capable of accomplishing is because they don't have the right people that can can embody and show them and lead them through what it means to apply these things for their lives. And for me, it's the biggest part is working with some of these big household names seen behind the scenes on sometimes they take on the wrong clients just for the sake of their bottom line. And these people are feeling like I just spent a hundred grand and I don't know what I want still. I don't know who I'm meant to be. I'm still stuck. Yeah. You gave me words and you gave me uh, affirmations. You gave me dictionaries and like all these different cool tools, but man, I, I still don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You need to know you're in the right place and you have to have standards and discipline to say no when it matters, say yes when it does matter, and then also be willing to invest in the right resources and support systems that literally make you face the hardest parts of yourself so you can change. Yeah. 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 It helps you level up, my man. Once again, you know, just kind of going back to the, the conversation we had yeah. a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, about that experience that I had, you know, prior two years prior, I looked at that that opportunity and it was more money than I could have ever thought about spending on a retreat. Right. I mean, it was laughable. Right. But as I started to, as I started to really understand that I I was sick and tired of being where I was at, paying the price financially is what allowed me to have that experience. Was, which was one of the catapults that helped me become the man I am today. I love it. And yeah. so I look yeah. back at that now and like, if I'd have known that I would have gotten that result, I would have paid three times as much. See, that, and that's the thing is you, and here's more wise words. Listen to what Josh just said. If you're, if you're still paying attention to this right now, because he, <laughs> he, he and Brent, I don't know, you never know if people are buzzed or whatever it might be, having a good time. But you, you made a, a crucial observation. In the most arduous moment, the decision-making you had was, I can either invest in this and see where it takes me, or I can like pull away from it because I'm afraid of what I might lose by giving yeah. my money here or my time or, my, or all of the above. You did it anyway. And yeah. now the stretched capacity of your mindset and your emotional state and who you are made you realize... Wow, I would have paid three times the amount to have that. And I want anybody that's listening to this to recognize that 
real, real change, real growth, real transformation is in an investment in a way that you least expect it to be. And I'm not just talking about the money part. The money part is, you know, again, the clients that I work with, massive investments. I do that for a big reason, because if they don't, they're not going to show up. No. Number two, these are people that already have the billionaire that I just consulted with. He knows how to make a billion dollars. I don't need to teach him how to make more money. What I'm doing here is to truly transform him as a human being so that he stops sacrificing and suffering while he's trying to enjoy the fruits of his labor. So that's the key. So if I tell him, hey, it's going to be a very nominal fee for you to have me in your life, do you think that guy's going to show up? No. That guy's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be another thing I can just check off the boxes, which is what ends up happening to most people. And I know you've recognized this as well, is that people tend to fear when, it, when you're saying, hey, I'm going to take care of you, but here's what I require of you to be all in with me. And their reaction to the money part of it, it's a big piece, people's reaction to money, they use money as a way to tell you that I'm actually scared. When they yes. say, I can't afford it, it's yeah. too much, they're just saying, I'm scared. This feels like it's actually going to challenge me in a way that I've never been challenged. And I, I'm going to use money as an excuse to pull away from you. And the reality is, like you did, you did it anyway. And you look back and went, you know what, I, I could have paid more for that because of what it yeah. gave me, what it did for me. You... Yeah. You get to recognize that investing in yourself when it's big, you go big or go home, you're going to have big results. But it's then also discerning, do I invest in Josh as my coach? Is he the right person for me right now where I'm at? Or maybe I need to come see him in six months or a year or whatever it is. Is discerning then where you then allocate yourself and your resources so that you always stay on the pursuit, that path of the righteous movement that you're meant to be doing in the world. That is another piece that I think it's missing when it comes to people's growth and change and accepting and having faith in what they're really meant to be doing out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly said. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, really, truly, is. You, you took really the, yeah, I think you took what we were been talking about here in this show and really wrapped it up. And, and uh, I think hopefully people recognize that uh, they're worth it. They are absolutely worth the pursuit and themselves. Um, and they're, they're worth uh, the price. For admission. They absolutely are. And that and that's the thing is I I look at it as money is you know what's really cool, Josh, and this is one thing I discovered years ago, and you probably can confirm or deny this, but um people are when it comes to doing real work and investing in it, they think about what they're going to lose, the lack of yeah. the money they're gonna have by making that payment or that investment rather than what they're going to gain. Yeah. From yep. hiring you as a coach, working with, you know, an, an, another consultant, bring, going to a program or a seminar, they tend to think that I'm going to have $10,000 less in my bank account rather than go, wow, what is this $10,000 investment going to actually do for my life? Because what I'm saying to this person I'm asking to help me is I'm willing to put up, I'm willing to show up, I'm willing to be all in with you and I'm using my money. And again, money is a universal language of energy that we all agreed upon as exchange for each other. So yeah. if I just give it, I mean, I've, it's like easy to hear someone say, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development. And if you look at them and go, well, where are you at in your life? Did you make the right decisions with that? Yeah, I kind of wasted my money. Okay, great. Let's, let's get you in the right path where when you make these, this investment, it's the right place for you. 
because it's easy to get caught up in the idea that big numbers also mean big change unless you can discern whether or not the resource you're actually investing in is the right fit for you in that moment. That's another piece. So that's a big, uh, a big thought. I, I've had conversations with these very wealthy people who are like, oh, wow. Ooh, that's a hell of an investment I've got to make. Absolutely it is. This is a relationship. I'm devoting my life to you for the next three, six, 12 months. Your life is now my life. And I require a significant amount for you to show up because your capacity matches that level to perform. And I know what's going to happen. I'm taking on a lot of you. And when they, it's funny to hear a wealthy guy or a wealthy gal go, wow, that's a lot. And go, you know, it's not the money. You're just scared. I understand it. So let's just unpack why the fear is showing up now when we've been together for months and you know you need this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then they go, you know what? You're right. I got to have faith. Let's circle back to that. I have to have faith that I'm here for a reason. You are brought into my life at the timing you were. This is what you're challenging me to do and face. Let's go. But if you yeah. don't have someone like you, like me, someone else out there that cares enough to sit in it with people and expect them to, to lean on their faith, to lean into trusting that gut feeling, the reason why they still stay engaged, that's where people get left to the wayside. And then we have a society of people that are just on this grind of trying to figure themselves out and we lose our identity like you talked about earlier. Yeah. 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 So well put, man. Awesome. I swear to goodness. I mean, I don't even know... <laughs> I don't even know where we're at right now with the time, brother. I, we can go for hours, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, but I think I think that's a good way in which we can close right now. And and, and I want to share with people that are, have, are still hanging out with us right now. Um, this has been one hell of a conversation with you, Josh, really. I think we should uh, hopefully do this again. I know we can go longer and longer and... Uh, you know, so we've still got four more foundations that we got to talk about. So we only met, we only hit one of them. So yeah, we definitely got to hit some ours. <laughs> do that. Let's, let's definitely do that. Um, but at this point, for the sake of what we were just talking about, really comes back to faith, regardless of what the belief is tied to that faith is a crucial component to recognize it's not necessarily using faith for your benefit or using faith for getting through hard times is this trusting that faith also has a purpose in helping push you into the right place that you're, you might be meant to go like you did with your experience from baseball to now what you're doing as a CEO of many companies, as a speaker, as a coach, running this unbelievable group of men that are looking to do the same thing for their lives. And um, I think that's a great way to, to, to end the conversation is, is having people walk away recognizing that faith plays multiple parts in our lives. And if we can listen to it, it'll teach us so much more than we, we ever thought was possible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It helps. Uh, it really, truly helps you become the person that you desire to be. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all on the next conversation. Cheers. Cheers.